Amen. Get paid for talking. Uh, but anyway, if you have your Bibles here this morning, I'd like for you to turn back to John, John chapter 8, and we'll look in verse 21. We'll read down to verse 28. I, I want to preach this morning with a thought on how to die. How to die. I know there's a lot of messages on how to live and messages that tell you what to do to live and six steps and nine steps and 12 steps and 15 steps on how to live a vibrant, exciting life and uh, all that kind of stuff. And, but here this morning, uh, I want to bring out of chapter 8 of John where Jesus is speaking and he's teaching them about how not to die. Now, I don't know about you, but there's always someone, it seems like, in my family or uh, my wife's family or a friend or at work or even at church, uh, somebody is passing away. Somebody's dying. I just had an aunt not too long ago. I preached her funeral and she passed away. I think she was like 81 years old. And so we find that death is part of life. We find that death is something that you and I will all experience uh, none of us this morning are exempt from death. None of us today will not die. Uh, all of us today will find our time, our place, our days are numbered. The uh, Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die, then after this the judgment. And you say, well, death is negative. It don't have to be negative. I mean, you can look at it from that perspective. Uh, but death is not negative for a child of God. And so uh, you and I this morning uh, who are living, Jesus is going to give us a message concerning about how not to die. How not to die. And you don't want to die this away uh, if you're in this room or if you're out of this room. You better make sure that you don't die in the way that Jesus said that these are going to die. Here in verse 21 of chapter 8 of John, let's stand to our feet and we'll read down to verse 30 and we'll bring the message the Lord has given to us this morning concerning how not to die. My, what an important message it is this morning and how sobering that it is. Verse 21, Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and you shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whether I go, you cannot come. Then said the Jews, Will he kill himself? Because he saith, Whether I go, you cannot come. He saith unto them, Ye are from beneath, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you, That ye shall die in your sins, for if you believe not that I am He, ye shall die in your sins. And they said that three times so far. Then said they unto Him, Who art thou? Jesus saith unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge of you, but He that sent me is true. I speak to the world those things which I have heard of Him. They understood not that he spake of them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father had taught me, I speak these things. And he, sent, and he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. Verse 30, And he spake these words, Many believed on him. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, I do thank you this, this morning, God, that you give us privilege to be back in the house of God. Thank you for the Sunday school hour on the way of prayer. Thank you for the songs that we sung here this morning. Thank you for the special that Brother George has brought us. Thank you for the gathering of your people, and thank you for the gathering of visitors with us today. God, we pray, Lord, that you take your word now. God, that you'd bring faith into our hearts. And God, you'd bring convincing and persuading into our souls. God, that our eyes may be open and our ears may be able to hear. God, that you might change our hearts this morning. God, I pray that you'd save the lost. I pray you'd touch the saved. Pray, God, that you'd get glory and honor in all that we say and do. Thank you again, Lord, for giving us privilege to come back to the house of God, be called a Christian, to live a Christian life. 
God, to be able to do the things that you let us do. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The Bible says in Psalms 51.5, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. I'm going to read that. I'm going to say that again. Psalms 51.5 says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Now, what sobering statement that is and what verse that tells us today that when Jesus says to these people, you shall die in your sins, that's just telling them you're just going to die natural. Because, see, you're born in sin. And when you're born, you're born in iniquity. And so without you even committing a sin, you're a sinner. Without you doing anything wrong, you already are lost. So when you come into this world through your mother's womb, you come as a sinner. Now, you say, well, I haven't done anything wrong. That doesn't make you a sinner if you don't do anything wrong. What makes you a sinner is being born from a sinner. Amen? And so we find in the Scripture, and there's plenty of Scriptures to tell you this, that when you get born, you're born a sinner. You're born one that's going to be sinful. You're, going to be, you're born with one that is already in a place of a lost condition. And when Jesus comes to this place and tells them, you're going to die in your sins, what he's saying to them is this. If you don't do anything, if all you do is live your life, all you do is do your thing, all you do is just operate in within your flesh and you live according to your will and you come to the place of death, Bible says you shall die in your sins and that's just a natural death, natural. And so we find that Jesus is saying to them uh, three things I want to show them to you this morning. Number one, I want you to notice the most punishing way to die. The most punishing way to die. And you say, my, I wonder what that might be. Like maybe uh, in a fire. You die in a fire. That's a pretty punishing way. I'd hate to die in the fire, wouldn't you? I know, I'll tell you another punishing way it seems like to die is drowning. That seems like another awful way to die is drowning. Uh, I know another way it seems to be a punishing way is that you have cancer. And you're suffering, and you're suffering for some period of time, and, and it's a slow cancer, and it's a slow pain, and it's slow death, and boy, what a punishing way that is to die. But none of these is what we're talking about this morning. The punishing way to die is this this morning, is knowing that Jesus is going to heaven. Knowing that Jesus is is going to heaven. We find that in verse 21, as he says this, Jesus said again unto them, I go my way. And so Jesus is telling these people, he's going my way. So there's a way that's his way. And he says, I am going that way. Well, what is his way? If Jesus is saying, I'm going my way, and then you're thinking, okay, well, then what does that really mean? My way. And so we find that his way or this way, he says in John 16, verse 5, he says, but now I go my way to him that sent me. And so it's telling us this morning that when Jesus said, I go my way, John 16, 5 explains that for us. He says, I'm going back to the Father that sent me. So going my way means Jesus is going to heaven. That's his way, amen? That's the way that he's going. We find that to be so. So where Jesus came from in order to go back to heaven, well, if you look there in verse 23, the Bible says, he said unto them, you are from beneath, but I am from above. And so Jesus says, I'm from above, you're from beneath. You're from down here, you're from the earth, I am from above. I'm above the earth, that's where I came from. Uh, that's where it all began for me, from what there was called heaven. He is from heaven, according to John, look there in John three thirteen. The Bible says... No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven. 
And so we find that Jesus came down from heaven and he says, I'm going my way, which means he's going up to heaven. Look in John chapter 6 and verse 38. Uh, the Bible says unto us concerning where is Jesus come from. He said, for I came down from heaven. We look at there in, in John chapter 8 in verse 42. The Bible says, Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. And so it's very clear in the scripture that Jesus is saying, I go my way, meaning that he's going back to heaven. He's going back to the father that sent him. He's going back to the place called above. Now, where is Jesus going? He's going to the Father according to the Scripture. In John chapter 7, uh, look in verse 33 with me this morning. As we find what Jesus is saying, where has he come from and where is he going? We find in verse 33, then, G then said Jesus unto them, Yet a little while I am with you, and then I go unto him that sent me. Look in John 14 and verse 1 this morning. John 14, 1, just trying to set a, a principle here, trying to set a base. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And he's telling us he's going back to heaven. The Bible says in John 16, 28, turn there with me uh, this morning. Uh, the Bible clearly says, I came forth from the Father and I am come into the world again. I leave the world and go to the Father. Look in John chapter 20 and verse 17. Uh, the Bible again makes it clear. Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. But go to the brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. And so it's very clear this morning that we can say with the Scripture that Jesus said, I am going my way, which means I'm going back to heaven. I'm going back to the Father. I'm going back to where I was sent. I'm going to the place called above. And we find as well this morning, all through the scriptures like Luke 24 and verse 51. Uh, turn there with me as well this morning. And we'll see as the scripture is again clarifying, confirming that where is Jesus going? He said there in verse 51 of Luke 24, And it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And so not only did Jesus say he's going to heaven, but here in Luke 24, he went to heaven. In Acts chapter 1, he ascended to heaven. And we find in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, he ascended to heaven. We find in 1 Peter chapter 3, and verse 22, that he is in heaven. He sits on the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and I this morning. And so it's clear, according to the scripture, when Jesus spoke in John chapter 8, he says, I'm going back to where I was sent. I'm going back to the Father. I'm going back to the heavens. But yet in Peter and in Hebrews, it tells us that Jesus is already in heaven. So where's Jesus today? Heaven. He's in heaven. Amen. We got to make that clear. And the most punishing way to die is to know that Jesus is in heaven. You say, I don't understand. Well, you won't yet. So we can say with agreement with God's word and his spirit that Jesus is in heaven. Now, those this morning that are his disciples of the Lord in, the, in Acts chapter 9 and Acts chapter 22, uh, that way the, called this way. I want you to look at it. It's pretty interesting. The disciples of the Lord are in the same way. It's called this way. Jesus calls it my way, but it's called this way in the Bible. Look in Acts chapter 9 with me here quickly as uh, Paul who was Saul at the time, 
The Bible says in Acts chapter 9, verse 1, and Saul, yet threatening out threatening, or breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. And so who is he bringing this against? The disciples of the Lord. But then look at this. He said, and went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that he might found any of this way. See, Jesus said, I'm going my way. But the disciples of the Lord are considered and called this way here in the Bible. That whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound into Jerusalem. Look in chapter 8 and verse 1. And Saul was consenting unto his death. At that time there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem, and they were scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. Verse 3, As for Paul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house, hauling men and women, committed them to prison. We find in Acts chapter 22, and verse 4 says, I persecuted this way unto the death, binding and delivering into prisons both men and women. And so it's very clear those people today that are going to heaven are part of this way. And this way is Jesus is my way. So I say to you, friend, uh, there is a church, there is a people, uh, there is the disciples of the Lord, there are followers of Christ, there are the born again today that are, are of this way which is connected to my way which is going to heaven. Boy, I tell you, it's encouraging to my heart to even know that this morning. Number two, not only uh, do we find knowing Jesus is going to heaven, uh, but that's a kind of a most punishing way to die, but also knowing that Jesus is going to heaven and you are going your way. Not my way, which is Jesus' way, or this way, which is the Christian way, but you're just going your way. The Bible says in verse 21, back into Acts chapter 8, we see that he says to them a very a startling statement. He said, I go my way. That means we understand now he's going to heaven. And ye shall seek me. You shall seek me. You see, that's their way. Their way is going and doing as they will. You see, what he's saying to them is this. You don't need me. You don't need Jesus. You're living your own life. You're doing your own thing. You are... Enjoying your life. You're enjoying the fruits of your labor. You're enjoying the goodness of God. You're enjoying the blessings of God. You're marrying who you want to marry. You're going where you want to go. You spend what you want to spend. You drink what you want to drink. You eat what you want to eat. You play what you want to play. You entertain what you want to entertain. You behave as you want to behave. You act as you want to behave. Uh, you do as you please. You act, you're doing and pleasing everybody. And God's not even involved in your life. He's not involved in your plans. He's not involved in your day. He's not involved in what you do and how you do it. Because you're doing your, he says that you're seek, you're going to seek me. And what Jesus is telling them is this, is Jesus is not a necessity for you. Jesus is not necessary for you. Jesus is not a need for you. But at your death, at the time when you're about to die, you're going to need Jesus. And he says, you're going to seek me, but you're going to die in your sins. That's alarming. That's alarm. That's punishing that you today could fall down on your knees and with a broken heart and humility and submission unto the Lord Jesus and, and turn from your sins and by faith receive him as Lord and Savior and that you could go my way, which is his way, and you could go this way, which is the church way, and you can go to heaven, but Jesus says, you're going to seek me when you need me, but you can't find me. That's what he says. And so I pray this morning there's nobody in this room that knows not God, that's never been born again, 
If you have, you keep on living your life. Keep on doing your thing. Keep on. Jesus is not necessity for you. Jesus is not necessary for you. Jesus is not a need for you. But friend, when you're sitting there before the doctor and when your loved ones come in and say to you, you only got three months to live. You only got two weeks to live. The doctor comes in and says, there's no hope for you. The life is going to be taken from you. Get ready. Get prepared. I remember sitting in the doctor's office when the doctor came into my daddy and he said to my daddy, get your affairs in order. Oh, my, my heart just sunk right then. And my daddy began to cry. He began to say, what are you saying, doctor? He said, I'm telling you, you ain't got very more days to live. And friend, we know exactly what he said. And I say to you, friend, whenever the doctor, whenever the loved one, or whenever those that are above you are over you and they're looking at you and you're laying there in bed or laying there in a hospital and they say that you're going to die soon and you begin to seek after Jesus and you can't be found punishing while you die. And you know Jesus is in heaven. But you're going your way. You're not doing anything this morning but living how you want to live. And that's what they're doing here. They're doing as they want to do. And you'll find, friend, that you're doing as you, you don't want to follow Jesus or you don't follow Jesus. We find that as he begins to tell them, uh, you, gonna, you shall seek me. But then in verse 12, look what he tells them. He says, you don't follow Jesus. And Brent, this, can I say this morning, uh, Brent, if you're not following Jesus this morning, it's because you don't want to follow Jesus. This morning, if you're not uh, taking your life and putting your life in the hands of Jesus this morning, it's because you don't want Jesus to have your life. Let's stop making excuses. Let's stop. Let's just cut to where it's really at. Let's see where the rubber meets the road. Let's stop making all kinds of reasons why you don't get saved and why you can't get saved and why you won't get saved. The fact is you don't want to be saved. Amen, Brother Larry. You'll seek them one day, but you're not going to find them. We find this morning, as he said to them, you don't follow Jesus because you walk in darkness. Look in verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, talking to the same people he talked to in verse 21. He's talking to them in verse 12. He says, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of the life. You see, you're still walking in darkness, and that's why you're going to seek him one day, because you're still walking in darkness. You're still loving sin. You're still living in sin. You're still led by sin. Sin has a hold of you. Sin is part of your pleasurable life. Sin is what you want in your life. Sin is what you do, and sin is what you do. Because you're walking in darkness. He says, I'm the light of the world, and he that follows me walketh not in darkness, but you're still walking in darkness. He says, you'll, you'll search me one day, but you won't find me. Number two, he said, not only do you not follow Jesus, but you don't know Jesus. Look in verse 13. And Pharise the Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself, thy record is not true. Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, I, yet my record is true. For I know whence I came and whether I go, but you cannot tell whence I come and whether I go. See, you don't know Jesus. You don't know when Jesus is coming. You don't know where Jesus is going. You can't explain Jesus. You don't know anything about Jesus. All you have known is what you've heard. All you have known is what the preacher said. All you have known is just what mom and daddy has taught you. All you have known is what grandma and grandpa has ever said. You might read a book. You might got on Google. You might got a theologian. You might got somebody who's a scholar. And all the information that you know about Jesus right now is what you've been told about Jesus, but you don't know him. He says, you shall seek me because you're not following me and you don't know me. He keeps on going. He's describing these people who's going to seek him. He says, number three, you don't believe Jesus. Not only do you not follow Jesus, but you don't know Jesus and you're not going to believe Jesus. Look what he says in verse 15. He says, you judge after the flesh, I judge no man. And yet I judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am my Father that sent me. 
It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. Then said they unto him, Where is thy father? Jesus answered, Ye neither know me nor my father. If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. And so they don't believe Jesus. Jesus is telling them that I and the Father are one. I am the Father. When you see the Father, you see me. That I came out of the Father. I, I am the Father. The Father that you have before you that I've told you about, I'm Him. But you don't believe me. How much more do I have to tell you? He tells them in John chapter 14. Philip said, where's the Father? He said, where you, where you see me, you see the Father. He tells them in John chapter 10. He said, I and my Father are one. He tells them in 1 John 5, 7. He says, there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. He keeps on telling them, keeps on telling them that I am the Father. And the Father is I. I am God. But you won't believe that. So you don't follow Jesus. You don't believe Jesus. <laughs> you, you don't at all in your mind and heart know Jesus. Number three, I'm talking about the punishing way to die is to know that Jesus is going to heaven. Number two, to know that you're living your way. And that's all you're living is just your way. And you're doing it how you want to do it and when you want to do it. Number three, you're not going where Jesus is. Look there in that verse, John chapter 8, verse 21. He says, I go my way. You shall seek me and die and shall die in your sins. Whether I go, ye cannot come. Punishing way punishing way to die, to know Jesus is in heaven, to know that I'm living my way and I can't go to heaven. He said, whether I go, you cannot come. He said, because you're going to die in your sins. You're not going to heaven in your sin. That's what he's saying. See, you can't go to heaven naturally. You can't go to heaven earthly. You can't go to heaven as you were born. Jesus says, you can't come to where I go. You can't come there. And so to know that this morning is more punishing to know that you die in this state knowing that Jesus is going to heaven. You're living your life however you want to live it. And Jesus says you can't come where I come because you're going to seek me and you're going to die in your sins and you can't go to heaven in sin. You got to do something with your sin this morning. You got to do something about how you were born you got to do something this morning about what has brought the very separation between you and God. You've got to do something. Jesus don't have to do anything. He's already did it all. You've got to do something. You've got to come to the place in your heart and your life to know that Jesus is going to heaven and I am living my life and doing my thing, but then I know that I can't go where Jesus is at because I die in my sin. So you can't go to heaven and sin. Number two, you're going to go to hell with your sin. See, you may not be able to go to heaven in sin, but you can go to hell with sin. And friends, what he's telling them, he said, you can't go where I'm going. There's only two places, friend, where you go when you die. It's either heaven or it's hell. It's not the grave. It's not outer space. It's not a soul sleep. It's not a wandering up there. It's not becoming an ant or a spider. It's not becoming something other than that this morning. Listen, when you die, you're going to die in your soul. Friend, it's going to depart into eternity. And if you love Jesus and saved by, by the blood of the Lamb, you're going to go to heaven. If you're not, you reject Christ and you live unto yourself and do unto yourself, you're going to find yourself in hell by lifting up in the torments that you shall be in and we find this morning two of those were going to be according to Jesus but Jesus is saying you're going to die in your sins you can't go where I go and the reason why is because you've went with your sins 
You've never departed from your sins. Your sins have never been lifted off of you. Your sins have never been taken from you. Your sins are always attached with you. Your sins have been connected to you. Your sin will follow you. Your sin is with you and in you and on you. And you've got to come to Jesus and get your sin off of you. We find that Jesus this morning is just telling them the most punishing way to die is to know that I'm going to heaven and you're not. That's tough. He says in verse 23, he says, you are from beneath and I'm from above. We're separated. He says to them, you are, You are of this world. I am not of this world. He says in verse 44, He says, Ye are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth. Because there is no truth in him, when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. He told them, he said, Listen, you are from beneath You are of this world. You are of the father, the devil. I'm telling you, Jesus is laying it out. And this is why you're going to die in your sins and not go to heaven. He says in verse 47, He that is of God heareth my God's words, and he therefore heareth them not, because you are not of God. He just tells him you're not of God. And so when Jesus is speaking to that individual or those individuals, he said to them, I'm going to heaven. And you are living your life and you're going to seek me. And you're going to die in your sins because you can't come where I'm coming. And the reason why is because you're from beneath. You're of the world and you're of the Father, you're of the Satan, the devil. And friend, you are not of God. There's no more punishing way to die than to know what I just said. Huh. Boy, if I was lost this morning, I'd get saved. Wouldn't you? Number two, number two, not only the, the, most, the most punishing way of dying, but I know it's the most popular way of dying. How do most people die? The most popular way. Well, let's look at it. The Bible says in the scriptures here, he says, you shall die in your sins. Look at verse 24. I said, therefore, unto you, you shall die in your sins. That's the most popular way to die. How? In your sins. How do you know that? Well, turn to Matthew chapter 7 with me this morning. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13. I want you to notice the Bible teaches of two ways. Now, we're looking for the most popular. So, wherever you see the word many is the most popular. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, man's way, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many, well, if you mark your Bible, you ought to circle that, many there be which go in thereat. And so the majority of everyone, the popularity of way of everyone going is going to go verse 13. That's the most That's the popularity. Many, many. So we find that that's man's way. Man's way is going through the wide and going through the place that the Bible would call, verse 13, in a broad way and in a wide gate. You see, because you've got to be broad for many to enter in. It's got to be wide for many to enter in. The most popular way of dying is dying in your sins. The Bible says man's way. For example, Proverbs 14, 12. I'll read it to you. There is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Proverbs 12, 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Proverbs 21, 2. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. Judges 21, 25. 
Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. You see, that's the way, that's the majority, that's the popular, that's the broad, that's the wide, is everybody is going to do whatever they think they see in their eyes, and what they see in their eyes is always right. That's the popular. Amen. And the Bible teaches this is man's way. The most popular way to die is die in your sins. And so if you want to follow the crowd, then die in your sins. If you want to be part of everything else going around, then die in your sins. If you want to be where up in, in hell and you want a large group, the Bible said hell enlarges itself daily. If you want to be around the crowds, if you want to be around the people, because the mindset of most people is this. Now, I'm not going to go down there to Glory Baptist Church. They only got like 25, 30 people. Something must be wrong down there. I'm going to go to Joel Osteen's church. They got 30,000. The 30,000, surely something's going on right there, right? Everybody wants to follow the crowds. Everybody, everywhere there's a crowd, it must be right. Everywhere there's a bunch of people, something must be going this good. I say to you, friend, there's going to be a crowd at the day of death, and if you die in your sins this morning, you're going to hit that gate that's wide, and you're going to hit that way, friend, that's broad, and you're going to find there's going to be many to destruction on that way. Man's way. It's whatever you think, whatever's in your eyes, that's how you do. Number two, I, know, I want you to notice God's way. Look at verse 14. The Bible says in verse 14, Because straight is the gate, narrow is the way, which leadeth to life. That's heaven. Few. If you got a pen, circle that few. Few. There be that find it. And so we find in Jesus' way, in God's way, He said, remember He said, I go my way, this is His way. Few go through the straight gate, I mean narrow gate. And few go through the narrow way, and few find life. Few go to heaven. You say, I don't know about that, brother. Well, let me show you another verse. Look, don't you notice the wrong way? Look in Luke 13 with me in verse 23. Luke 13 in verse 23. So we've seen two ways the Bible teaches in Matthew, but it also teaches a wrong way here in Luke, which is man's way. And because man always thinks they're right, and man always thinks they know everything, and man always thinks that they have it all, all in order, and they got their ducks in a row, uh, they think that because they, they see that or they know that, that it must be right. And uh, if everybody's going that way, then it must be the right way to go. But here in verse, in verse, uh, in chapter 23, look, I mean, chapter 13, look in uh, verse uh, 23 with me. Luke 13, and look in verse 23. Then, one, then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? See, few is the way of God. But the way of man is many. Then he goes on and says, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. Y'all heard that before, right? The straight gate. For many, here's the popular way now, here's where the majority are going, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. Just like Jesus said. You're going to try to get in. You're going to seek to get in. Uh, you're going to do everything you can to get in, but you're not going to be able to get in because you're going to die in your sins. Then he goes on and says this. When once the master of the house has risen up and has shut the door, you begin to stand without and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us, and he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not from whence you are. What is he talking about? Well, he's giving you a, a parable. He's giving you an example of what it's going to be like when you die in your sins. And when you die in your sins, the Bible says you're going to seek, uh, you're going to find that you are now too late. The door is shut. The master done risen. Then shut the door. And you can't get in. Well, why can't I get in? Because you died in your sins. That's why you can't get in. And then all of a sudden they're going to knock, 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 and shout out. They say, open the door. And the door won't be open. 
You see, not only are you too late, but you're too far. See, you're on the outside of the door where you need to be on the inside of the door, but you're too far away. You've been too late because you say, I'm not going to get saved today. I'm going to get saved tomorrow. You're going to say, well, you know what? When I turn 50 or whenever I get rid of this or when I lay out that or, or when I get married, you got all these reasons why you can't get saved. And you ain't no good saved. I'm not going to be born again. I'm not going to live a life for Christ. I'm not going to join the church. I'm not going to be a Christian. I'm not going to be a lover of God, a follower of Christ. And friends, you say all these things. And then someday, one day, when you die in your sins, you're going to be knocking on heaven's door and God's going to say, you're too far. You're too late. <laughs> oh, the most popular way to die is to die in your sins. They were unknown. Look what, look what he says to them. Look at verse 26. He says, Then shall you begin to say, We have eaten and drunk in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. I have said in your church... I have heard you preach. I've been sitting with the people and the people said that God is in them. I've heard at people at the fellowship who pray and ask God, God bless this food and bless this time and meet with us. And I was in that fellowship. I was at that meal and I was at that service and I heard that preaching and I heard the word of God. And you look up to the master and the master says, you know what? Depart from me. Ye workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. You said, but I was in your presence, Lord. Just like you are right now. But Lord, I, I ate. and I mean, Lord, I heard the teachings. I heard the preachings. I, I heard everything that everybody else heard. But you died in your sin. Too late, too far. Too unknown, you're too full. Verse 26, you depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. That word workers of iniquity means this this morning. It means not, not only did what you do labor in sin, but you taught sin. You taught your children how to sin. You teach your family how to sin. You teach your friends how to sin. You showed them what sin is all about. How to smoke a joint. How to get drunk. How to have a woman. How to steal. How to be deceptive. How to be a liar. How to be jealous. How to be wrong. How to not go to church. And how to, to talk to about the preacher. And how to discount the Bible. You taught them. That's who taught them. You did. He said, depart from me. Not only was you a laborer of sin, but you was a teacher of sin. Whew. I knew it would be quiet this morning. We find this morning that word workers of iniquity means moved by sin. So you, get, you can get excited when there's a potential Friday night party. You can get excited when there's some gambling going on. Then you can get excited whenever there's some romantic evening happening. But man, there's no excitement about Jesus at all. You're deader than a hammer. You're as dead as a fish. You're as cold as ice. To come to church, to sing the songs of glory, to hear the precious word of God, to pray that somebody gets born again so they can go to heaven? You ain't in that at all. But you're in the Astros. You're in the Texans. Oh, you're in the Rockets. You're in the Rodeo. You're in your children's sports time and their ballerina time. Oh, yeah, you're in your company's promotions and you're in your company's parties. Oh, yeah, you're in your favorite show. You're in your favorite movie. Oh, you can't wait to get in the shower and you turn on your favorite mu music. Shower come down, you're just singing. You love the gardening, the cooking. You love what this world can offer and what it can have. But Jesus...
not interested. One day, someday, when you die in your sins, the most popular way to die, it's going to be too far, too late, too unknown, and you were just too full. You was full of this world, full of yourself, and full of the devil. Oh, we find, we find the most popular way to die. We find, don't have a watch. We find the most popular, not only most popular, but the most popular way. But then thirdly here, I want you to notice the most problematic way to die. The most problematic. You look in verse 24 of John chapter 8. He said, Brother, why you preach this? Well, I preach this because the Lord's laid on my heart, but I preach it because if somebody would get saved this morning, that would bring joy into heaven. Oh, that would bring this worth it all. He said, Well, you're going to make people mad. Well, if I can get you mad into heaven, friend, and get mad. <laughs> oh, my. John chapter 8, look at verse 24. He says, I said therefore unto you, that you shall die in your sins. That's the most popular way, but that's also a way that you and I could look at and say, boy, it's a punishing way. For if you believe not that I am He, you shall die in your sins. Now God gives a little grace right here. This is called the good news. He's given a little bit of reprieving here. He, he's letting you know as you that are going to die in your sins right now if you would die. He says, but if. Oh, I love that word if. Because it gives hope. It, it gives some assurance. And you ought to be right here if you're about to die in your sins without Jesus Christ and you're going to enter into hell as soon as you die and lift up your eyes being in torments this morning. You ought to say, Brother, tell me what the if is. I want to know. Well, here's the if. If you believe not that I am He, you'll die in your sins. What's the opposite of that? That if you believe that I am. You won't die in your sins. Amen? Amen. So what does that mean? Well, well, tell me, I need to know. What do I need to believe? Well, let me tell you, number one, can I say the most problematic way to die is don't die without believing that I am He. Don't die without believing that I am He. Please don't die. You don't know when you're going to die. So you ain't got no government over that. You ain't got no control over that. But I'm telling you, as a friend, as a pastor, as one today, as a lover of your soul, don't die without believing that He is I Am. So He says, there in verse 25, Then said they unto Him, Who art thou? Though was when Jesus says, Believe that I am He, they're saying, Well, who are you? Tell me who you are. If, if I not believe in you and I'm going to die in my sins and go to hell, well then who are you? And he tells him. He said, even, even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. From the beginning. Well, let's go to the beginning. John chapter 1, verse 1. Turn with me. So this is what he started to tell him from the beginning. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so Jesus says, I am the Word. Who is what? God. Stay with me now. From the beginning, he says in verse 3, all things were made by Him. Who's Him? The Word. Who is the Word? Jesus. Who is Jesus? God. Who's the creator of the world? God. We find, he says, I am the creator. Jesus speaking here. I am the creator. I am the word. Number three, in verse four, I am life. He says, in him was life. That means eternal life. I am eternal life. I am the resurrection. I am eternal life. Life. If you're ever going to heaven, I am the one that gets you to heaven because I am life. Jesus said that. I am life. Who's that? That's God. 
Number four, he said, I'm the light. Verse five, and the light that shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehend night. I am the light. That's God. And so we find, I am the Word, that's God. I am uh, the Creator, that's God. I am life, that's God. I am light, that's God. And then he says, I am the Lamb. Look there in the chapter, chapter 1, look there in that verse uh, 29. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. He is the Lamb of God. Who's the Lamb of God? God is the Savior. He said, I thought Jesus was the Savior. Well, He is. Say, oh, don't you say, well, I'm confused about that. Well, let's turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4 real quick. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 10. The Bible says, For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men. Would you agree that God is the Savior of all men? Yes. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 10. The Bible says, But now is made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you agree with me that Jesus is the Savior? So can we come to a agreement that God is Savior, Jesus is Savior, making Jesus God? Yes, All right, that's what he's trying. He said from the beginning. And then in verse 34, or, yeah, verse 34 of John chapter 1, he said, I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. The Son of God is God. You say, well, why? I don't know about that. I thought he was a son, like I'm a father, and I got a son named Kevin. So that means Kevin is not me, and I'm not Kevin. Uh, we're two different people. You're right about all that, but you're not seeing what God is saying. Say, so let me see it then. We'll turn to John chapter 5 and verse 18. The Bible says, Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his Father, making himself equal with God. They're trying to kill him because he said he was the Son of God, meaning that he was equal with God. Look at John chapter 8 with me. In verse 56. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it, and he was glad. And the Jews said unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast not seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Amen. John chapter 10 and verse 30 says, I and my father are one. John nineteen seventeen. That's not the right scripture, but the Bible says in John 19, I believe it's 7, he says, he says that Jesus, Jesus is the one tonight who's the Son of God, and the Son of God is God. All I'm saying this morning is this, and the fact of the matter is, is that the Bible says, Jesus said, let me tell you who I am. I am the Word. I am the Creator. I am the life. I am the light. I am the Christ. I am the Son of God. I am, I am. Well, let's go back to the beginning. Turn to Exodus chapter 3. Look at verse 14. You see, when you're reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you're still not in the New Testament. The New Testament don't begin until after the Holy Ghost comes in Acts chapter 2. So in Acts, I mean in Exodus chapter 3 and in verse 14, Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, in verse 11, go unto Pharaoh that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee, and I have sent thee. When thou hast brought the, forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God upon this mountain. Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent thee. That's from the beginning. 
So as they're in the Old Testament, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus is telling the truth. The Israelites, he said, as I told you back in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, that I am the I am, I'm just letting you know that if you believe that I am God, then you don't have to die in your sins. You believe I'm the Savior? You believe I'm the Christ? You believe I'm the Son of God? You believe I'm the life? You believe I'm the light? You believe I'm the creator? You believe I'm the word? You don't have to die in your sins. Amen. <laughs> you say, you know, the words being saved, Brother Larry, is more than just a mental thing? Oh, yeah. I close with this don't die without believing in Jesus. Back in John chapter 8, I want you to notice here today. Oh, time's gotten away, but let me give you this. He says, if you believe not that I am He. That word believe means four things. Mark this down. Number one, the word believe means put your faith in Jesus. Your faith. The word believe means faith. In order for you to not die in your sins this morning, you've got to put your faith into Jesus. To be your Savior, to be your Lord, to be a God. It's an action word. It's not a mental word. It's not an emotional word. It's an action word. Number two, the word believe means entrust. You must entrust your soul into Jesus. You must come to the place in your life and say, Listen, I'm headed for a place called hell. But I take my soul that will never die and I entrust it into the hands of Jesus. And wherever Jesus allows it to go, I go. And trust. Trust my soul. It's an action word. Not mental, not emotional. Number three, the word belief means commitment. Commit. I commit my life unto Jesus. That's what the word believe means. I commit. Like you get married, you commit to that one. You get married to Jesus, you commit. Number four, the last meaning means trust. I trust my eternity to Jesus. I trusted Him. In other words, the Bible says, if you believe that Jesus is the Word, the Son of God, the light, the life, if He is the one today who's the creator of the world, that He's God and you entrust your life to Jesus, you trust in Jesus, you put faith in Jesus, and you commit to Jesus, He says you won't die in your sins. As we stand to our feet this morning, is there anyone that would want to come and believe this morning that he is I am. My last point, I can't preach it, but I'll tell you what it is, the most precious way to die. The Bible says in Psalms 116.15, precious in the sight of the death of his saints. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. The only way this morning that God would find a preciousness in your death as if you're one of His saints. The way to become one of His saints is that you believe that He is I Am. How can I do that? Put your faith in Jesus this morning. Entrust your soul. Trust your eternity. Commit your life. Come. Come, sinner friend. You sing, Brother George. If the Holy Ghost of God's blowing on you, if the Holy Ghost of God's speaking to you, you come. You come and by faith this morning receive Jesus as Savior. By faith this morning you entrust in Him. Or you die in your sins. The most punishing way to die. The most problematic way to die. The most popular way to die. Die. In your sins. Come. 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 I beg you.
I beg you. I beg you. I beg you. Oh, I cry out for you, dear friend. Don't die in your sins. Jesus tried to tell us this morning how not to die. How not to die. You come. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be your name. Hallowed be thy name. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy of our lives. Our very breath. You're worthy. Yes. Can I invite you back tonight at 6 o'clock? I'll be preaching out of Nehemiah chapter 3. I'll be preaching on the fountain gate. You might want to hear this one. It's exciting. I love God's Word. And I pray that you love it too. Let's be dismissed. Thank you for being here this morning. May the Lord bless you. We pray that God spoke to your heart, gave you what you need. I pray that nobody in this room will ever die in your sins. Brother George, you dismiss this, my brother. Oh